This is recording. <laughs> is this the start of our podcast? I actually missed the song. No! And Elise will never sing it again. How oh, tragic. Uh. You need me to sing it again. <laughs> Could we get a copyright strike? I feel like. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> have, have fun uh, mixing the sound for that part, Alex. Well, I could see on the Zencaster it is definitely maxing out the sound, so I'm going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. Yeah, just... I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. But welcome, everybody. Welcome. My name is Alex. <laughs> That's really gonna be the cold open. I don't even think that's the cold open. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's just the opening. <laughs> Editing is an expensive and time-consuming process, but we spent all of our money on pies, so it'll be done Tuesday. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I noticed. Oh, I'm chicken and macaroni. <laughs> okay, chicken and macaroni. It's like hot dog and bologna. All right, so and what and what's your name there next to Chicken oh, and Macaroni? Oh God, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I'm Nick, I think. Oh jeez, I couldn't think of a of a joke name. Oh my God. Uh, and we're some nerds have a podcast. And woo. We have a podcast occasionally. <laughs> Do you just boo us? I said woo. <laughs> no, it was a boo. Boo. <laughs> boo words. <laughs> oh God, this is the worst opening we've ever done. Or the best? I can't decide. I literally can't stop laughing. I mean, if anyone has a right to boo our podcast, it's us. God That's damn. true. Boo. Oh, uh, man. How, how's everybody doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good. Oh, we're doing just peachy. We're filming, uh, we're, we're we're filming? filming this on location. No, I'm just kidding. In Colorado. <laughs> but I was going to make the joke. But then I remembered, all right, it's sort of legal in, in Virginia now. Yeah. Not that we've impacted. Not we today. Could. We could if we wanted to. We could have a whole plant. We could have a we whole two plants. One, one whole weed, please. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. <sighs> so it's been a couple weeks. We, yeah. we had to skip over last week because of what work, like work stuff and mm-hmm. just kind of busy schedules. But uh, we are back. You are listening to us. Uh, or you're not, in which case, I don't know how the fuck you got that message. St- statistically speaking, they're not. <laughs> but um, but surely in three weeks, we must have done all sorts of things that people are going to be super interested in learning about, right? I am. I mean, was, we don't really have anything to talk about on the world stage. Nothing important happens. No, 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 no. Politically speaking, no, these the, last few weeks. What's old is new again. What's new is old. <laughs> the graveyard yeah. of empires, so and on and so forth. Time, time repeats infinitum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time is a flat circle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that the British retreat from Kabul is going to be completely unhindered uh, and everything will go great for the British Empire. <laughs> the sun never sets on it. No, never. Wait, I... I'm getting confused. Okay, no, I'm getting word that apparently the Soviets are uh, retreating 
across the border. No, no, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh, like, yeah, yeah. Did we miss one? I feel like uh, we missed ourselves. One. Uh, no, I know, but there was another one that I feel like was the, Alexander the Great. Did he? Alexander try? the Great succeeded in conquering Afghanistan. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. No, like, like there have been empires that conquer Afghanistan. It's not the graveyard of empires. It's just the graveyard of you know outside empires. Yeah. People that are not regional players to the. What do you, what do you call that? Southeast Asia, I guess. Yeah, um, sort of. Or South Central Asia. South Central. South Central. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like, yeah, no. It since since the uh, creation of Afghanistan as like a modern nation state, uh, outsiders try to take it, and it don't work, buddy. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I've been listening. I don't know. Th- these last few weeks, I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, Bad Religions, seminal 2004 album, The Empire Strikes First. No, oh, yeah? No, no particular reason why. No. Just it's been in my head. I can't imagine why. It's good album. Holds up. Uh, There's uh, a lot of things La- from 2004 that don't hold yeah. up. <laughs> Los Angeles is Burning. Still a really good song. Um what else happened in 2004? Was that when we got the Simple Life with Paris and Nicole? I feel, I, was like, I feel like that was before then, but it might have been around then. I was thinking the second Bush election. Yeah. No, that 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 held up. Remember, he, he, he got candy. He got candy from Michelle Obama, and now we like him. He did all those paintings. It, <laughs> bad people can't do art. Bad people can't do art. There was a whole failed artist that did a whole really bad thing. <laughs> yeah, he was a bad artist. <laughs> and George W. Bush's paintings look like what they're supposed to they're, look they're like. They're kind of cute, you know? Yeah, He's like, you know? He, he did that dog that he painted looks like a dog. Yeah. Huzzah. I was, nope, that nope. was a, uh, it's a quote from, it's an obscure quote from from uh, The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. When, when Homer becomes an artist and he's like, Marge, I love your paintings. They look like what they're supposed to look like. <laughs> <laughs> or like, they look like the things that are in them. It's something weird like that. And it's just like, yeah, George W. Bush is a good painter. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, anyway, he painted some dogs yeah. and got some candy from Michelle Obama. And now he's fine. He's yeah, just a he, fine war criminal. He's he, fine. He loves his dogs and no bad person in history has ever loved dogs. Uh-huh. Not um, a one. Not dogs a can one. smell the badness <laughs> and the treats that you carry in your pocket to overcome <laughs> the smell of badness. <laughs> Uh, can rabbits smell the badness? Uh, rabbits, I don't, I don't know what rabbits smell. <laughs> rabbits they don't will smell their own poop. That's for don't. sure. Oh my god, she's very like our entire downstairs. I mean, like she does bar. smell her own poop. That's why. It, that's why there's so uh, much of it. So much. There's so much poop. There's so much. There's so much poop. I don't know. I was not right. expecting. Nobody told me that rabbit ownership. Or I mean, I'm sorry, rabbit fostering because custodianship. Still fostering. We haven't decided if we're going to adopt or not. I mean, in it's, fairness, it's because we haven't even taken her to the rescue. Who's going to do like the medical stuff yet? Yeah, but we, we went ha- to the rescue. Right, but we have. To, I feel like <gasps> the rescue was magical. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of rabbits oh my there. God, there was so many bunnies. So you're gonna hand over this rabbit and just get another one? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Can I trade this model in for a newer one? <laughs> So this was, this was last spring's terrible. bunny we were looking for. Her. That's awful. 
no, we're going to get her a companion or five companions. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, so you're going to get her a companion. And by a companion, you mean a family. Um, um, she needs a family. Rabbits are social creatures. They live in a warren. I don't know if you knew this. I mean, she has a family. It's your cats, right? No, she doesn't like them. So we need to get her. A I, I think <laughs> she likes them. I don't know if they like oh, her. It's so sad. Like, okay, so today we're sitting on the couch and the mm-hmm. bunny, uh, for the purposes of this podcast, let's call her Clover. Uh, which is not at all the name that I've already even, picked out for her. Even though we haven't named her uh, yet. Even though we, we haven't, haven't named adopted her yet because her. we're not going to adopt her. We're just uh-huh, fostering, uh-huh, uh, which uh-huh. might take a few months because, you know, or it's years. really hard to find yeah. rabbits' homes. Not a lot of people want rabbits, even though no, they're really great no. pets. So anyway. Yeah, you're certainly talking yourself into how great this pet is. So she's kind of right. poop. But, um... What was I talking? Oh, so like she got under the couch. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. She got under the couch. And then Ferdinand came over. That's our big orange tabby. And like our big orange tabby came over and he was like, Rrr! and he like put out his little nose and she came to meet his little nose. Aww. And, noses. Aww. and they did this twice. Aww. And I did not get a picture of it. Oh, <laughs> it was so cute. It was, it was very quick. It was very like they pooped. They pooped noses, so they're getting closer. At least Ferdinand is getting closer. But Miranda will have nothing to do with her. I mean, I I like, I believe that about Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Fer- Ferdinand has yet to hiss at her uh at the bunny. Miranda has a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Well, like they haven't swatted each other or anything yeah. like that. Like they're very Yeah, they they haven't like hurt the bunny in any way. Well, that's good. I think Nobody's... they are still calculating what exactly the bunny is. Like mm-hmm. three weeks later, and it's still just the like, like loading image. <laughs> it's like, it's like in in their heads, it's just the picture of the bunny, and then <laughs> equals a picture of a cat, and then a question mark. <laughs> no, it's it's you know what it is. It's it's the scene from Lord of the Rings. When like Treebeard and yeah, have, we've decided you're not orcs. The Entmoot is just like we have decided. Oh, good. <laughs> we have decided you are not orcs, and it's like that's the cats. It's like three weeks later. It's like we've decided you're not a threat. <laughs> we don't know what you are, but you seem to not be a threat. <laughs> so. You know, I don't know. So it's, it's nice. It's nice. They're, yeah. they're, they're such, you know, yeah. they're good cats. It, it used to be like when we first brought the bunny inside, it was the bunny would like hop once and then both of the cats would just immediately disappear somewhere upstairs. <laughs> this um, cat did a weird thing. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I think What's it, wrong with its legs? That's not how cats <laughs> move. Lieutenant Dan, you have no legs. That's um, kind of what the cats are. You have really long legs. <laughs> um, but now, now it's now they're like I don't know. They're spending a lot of time in the same room together. Like when we're yeah. down in the living room, the cats will come down to the living room. We were mm-hmm. bribing them a lot with treats early mm-hmm. on to be like, "Look at these treats!" And you can Whoa. get the treats if you come say hello to the bunny rabbit. It's like oh. when people like bring home the new baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they give like the uh, the older child like a present, and it's like, oh, the baby got you a present. Mm-hmm. It's like, and our cats are like, that bunny didn't give us a present. 
Well, I know I'm glad that you're getting your cats Whoa. really used to this uh -oh. bunny so that when you get rid of this bunny, the cats feel really sad. But uh, why would we get rid of the bunny? Because <laughs> you're just you're just fostering this bunny. Oh, right. right, right. We're just <laughs> fostering the bunny. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, just a stewardship. Her. Just yeah. the steward yeah. of Gondor for this bunny. <laughs> We're just God stewarding Gondor for this bunny. Gondor has no bunny. Gondor has no bunny. Wait, no, no. It's... <laughs> uh, Gondor needs a bunny. I'm sorry. <laughs> they need a brace of conies. Title episode. Title episode. Gondor needs a bunny. Gondor Print needs it. a bunny. Print it. <laughs> this is probably not funny to anyone but us. I think it's just like pure exhaustion. Uh -huh. We're like so burnt out like, from work right uh, now. Exhaustion <laughs> and like heat heat stroke. Yeah. And like but it's also it was 103 today in Virginia. Uh heat index or total? Because like uh, a total. heat index of okay. Total. Because there's a heat index of 101 for me. It was only a total of like 95. Yeah. So yeah, it's like always, how are y'all getting hotter than I am? I mean, we're also like further inland. Uh, so we don't get the nice, like kind of mm -hmm. tidal coastal breeze that you get. In a swamp. <laughs> you are nice also in a swamp. Uh, hey, fun fact. Virginia is like three swamps surrounded by mountains. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And people still want to leave. Why do they want to leave? <laughs> You don't like our swamp? <laughs> Get out of my swamp! <laughs> like, no, every but, Virginian to no, every no. person from New Jersey ever. Or change the logo. It's no longer Virginia <laughs> lovers. What, swamp. what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> Brought to you by the Virginia Tourism Board. <laughs> I think we've just melted. I think. God, this is like a problem in like the early, I think it continues to be a problem, but like because uh, property taxes are way higher in places like New York and New Jersey. So there's a lot of people who move from New York and New Jersey down to Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, and so there are a lot of people from Virginia who are basically like, get out of the swamp. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'd say as somebody whose father is from Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so. Yeah. So, yeah! how have we been? We don't have to just talk about it. What are we doing? How's it how going? have we been? What have we doing? Well, I've been doing stuff and things. What, okay. what things and stuff have you been doing? Uh, well, let me look at our you know conversation from a week ago so that I remember what we were going to talk about. Oh, yeah, we were going to talk about I, something. No, we weren't. We had we plans. show notes. We had a plan for this episode. I had a plan of sorts. Of sorts. Uh, I wanted to talk about... Oh, yes, okay. So, last couple weeks, I watched a few things. Two things in particular. And then this week, I played something. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so... So, <clears throat> last week, uh, I watched uh, live, Riff Tracks Live for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Y'all ever been Riff Tracks Live? Yeah, twice. I've okay. never been. 
Yes, you, you have. No, we went. No, so we went to MST3K. Sorry. Yeah, we went uh, to Mystery Science Theater twice live. Okay. Yeah, I went Which, once, but okay. What um what were you watching? What did you see? Oh, the uh, crawling brain was one of them. I don't remember what the other one was. Um one was 2017, I want to say. I think the crawling the crawling brain was the one we saw together, I think, right, Elise? Sure. Uh, you don't seem to remember it very well. No, I mean it was mostly the experience. It was also like a like several years ago. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because I don't know if you know this, Nick and I have been together for almost ten years. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, thank you. And by Um, almost ten years, we mean eight years, nine years. No, God, it is nine years. That I said almost (laughs) ten. Jesus, why do you have to correct me? That's how time works. This is, so you know how you've got that, like, new relationship niceness, newness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all fucking goes away. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, But anyway, so I watched the Rift Tracks uh, version of Hobgoblins. Okay. I love Hobgoblins. You love Hobgoblins. That's a great great Mystery Science Theater episode. Yeah. Uh, I've not actually seen the Mystery Science Theater version. Oh, really? It's got one of of my favorite um, Mystery Science Theater riffs of all time that I, like, I quote almost like very frequently. Oh, yeah. um, it's the scene where they're all having that dance party together mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that in the house. Um, right. And I think it's Servo goes, it's the 80s. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they reference that in the, the, in the Rift Tracks version, but they don't actually sing it. They do sing uh, Hobgoblins. Oh, yeah. Hobgoblins. Yeah, the yeah. Hobgoblin song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's a very weird film, but I, so I had thoughts about Hobgoblins, uh, and I wanted to know if this is just me thinking like out my butt or if this is what people have like, oh yeah, no, that's, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the main character? What's the, what's the kid's name? Oh Kevin? God, I couldn't begin to tell you. <laughs> Uh, looking at Wikipedia, Kevin. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. yes, the memorable <laughs> character of Kevin. Kevin. So, what are the chances that if we're taking Hobgoblins way more seriously than it was supposed to be ever taken, Kevin got got by the Hobgoblins immediately, and mm-hmm. everything that happens after he opens that door is his like brain fever? Maybe. Because like his whole his whole thing was like he wants to prove himself to be a man, right? He wants to like stand up against his army buddy, and he wants to like be the macho '80s hero guy, and like everything that happens after that leads to him doing that. Yeah, you know that that's that is not the most unlikely thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it was, so I'm looking up, I looked up like the, the, the schedule for the first tour and it was Ega was one of them. Cause it was the watch out for snakes tour. But then the one that they showed at the show that I was at was a secret surprise film. And now it's driving me crazy that I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Cause we definitely, I'm pretty sure it was the crawling brain that Elise and I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like two or three years ago. Right. Butts numb. Can we switch? Chase? Oh yeah, we did have. Sorry. All right, we are switching. We're gonna take a break. Switching I'm sorry. Jazz. Take a break. Break. Actually, uh, if we're gonna do this, 
I'm gonna. All right, we're back. Uh, that's we're probably back. like a odd cut there, but we're back. All right. We're back. So I found I found what the movie was. Okay. Uh, that I saw. It is Argo Man, the fr- the Fantastic Superman. Is that like a? Isn't that about the? Oh I, no! I thought that was the one about the Iranian embassy and the. Oh no! That was just Argo. Oh okay. Uh, I love that movie. So the plot... I know people shit on it, and Ben Affleck should not have played a Latino man, but that was good. <laughs> In China, soldiers prepare to shoot Argo Man, but he hypnotizes them, and they kill each other. Argo Man then li- lands in the USSR, where he gets his assignment. His employers thought the Chinese would kill him after he had accomplished his mission of destroying a nuclear weapon. Then there would be no need to pay him. Argo Man takes a jeweled box, following his tradition of taking souvenirs and other valuables in place of ordinary payment. <clears throat> At the Tower of London, Scotland Yard Inspector Lawrence investigates the theft of the royal crown. Are you are you starting to see why I don't remember this movie at all? Because it was a fucking fever dream. Oh goodness! Like I think the uh, I think the 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 poster okay. for this needs to be the the the, the image for this episode. <laughs> so Maybe, for yeah. for friends at home, it is a man in a yellow and black Superman suit, and a lady in pasties holding an. AR-15? Look, I don't think it's, that's what that is, because I think it's a little early for that, but some kind of space gun. Space gun! Space gun! <laughs> she looks like Barbarella a little bit. Yeah, just season panties. And he looks, he looks like... He looks like um, Space Ghost. He looks... He looks. A, I was going to say, like, an alternate, like, evil universe version of, like, Cyclops from the X-Men. Nah, that's Space Ghost. That's a little bit space guest. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. The one that we've both seen. Yes. Uh, um, I haven't seen it. You I'm haven't just going seen to it. enjoy my chair. So do you want to try to recall it from memory from the phasey hog? The okay. Hog, ho, phasey hog? The, the hoggy phase. Whatever. So. Hog. The hazy words hog. Are Words okay. are hard. Oh, Elise, but you should know. You should know what this movie, what what this movie is, because this is the movie that birthed Club Scum. I thought I came up. With no, that. I came up with the term Club Scum, referencing referencing this movie. No, I thought I was being clever. Oh. Yeah. Aww. No, this is where because the uh, I don't. Well, that's right. It does. Yeah. So for viewers at home who aren't in on this inside joke, um, Nick, Alex, and I have for many, many years at this point um, been a part of a D&D group. And for whatever reason, does that matter the campaign? Somehow Alex and I create the dumbest characters and they're always best friends. And so we just have what we lovingly refer to as club scum. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. somebody else gets tossed in, usually Nick. Yeah. Gets roped roped into our club scum shenanigans. Club scum shenanigans. That's hard to say. Mm. But yeah. Uh you're just, such I, a, you're just such a good person to bounce off like bits. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I love a good bit. I, I love a do. good bit. I, I think <laughs> I think it was originally there were like like a whole lot of we had a lot of people in the in our party nope. 
who were either aristocratic or could like pass off for that. That's right. And we were going into like a really racist country. Right. And so it was like, like the half orc barbarian, the, the incompetent wizard slash rogue and Elise's like manic pixie axe rabbit. <laughs> um, were the were the three people who like just could not pass at all for a variety of reasons in that place and so i just dubbed us club scum because everybody else was getting to go to like these lavish dinner parties and stuff and we would get like locked away in a barracks and it was just like club scum we're gonna do our (laughs) own thing we just get drunk drink off our ass off like russian drinking games yeah yeah (laughs) i think i think i I think I introduced people to the what is it? The tiger the is here. The oh, bear. the bear is here. The bear, the bear is, here. is here. Yeah. Which is like you go under a table and drink. I guess. Yeah, like, and that's the way you play the game. We found out all the Russian drinking games are just like you go to a goofy place. Yeah, <laughs> go to an unconventional place and then drink. That's the game. Isn't this fun? <laughs> are we having fun? <laughs> and you keep drinking until you pass the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it was funny because, like, the, the DM would try to, like, do actual plot. Yeah. And, like, try to, like, do, you know, intrigue and whatever. And it would just be periodically punctured with, like, Club Scum! Bear! <laughs> anyway. Up, down, up, down, chug, chug, shut! Like, we would just be yelling things. <laughs> and they like, are we getting drunk yet? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Will that shut you up? anyway and then also getting drunk in real life because that's the only way i play tnt yep uh so yeah that that's that's the movie that birth club scum that's where that reference came from um yeah so so from so from the from what okay so what were you asking me from what (laughs) i was was wondering if you wanted to from the hazy fog of memory try to recall the plot of this crazy okay Okay, so listeners that have not seen Hobgoblins. So a guy who looks a little bit like Andy Rooney, but isn't, uh, <laughs> is a is a security guard at some old film like factory, like like movie studio. Yes, and they factory. they keep the Animaniacs locked up in the vault. <laughs> Um, and they, the Warner sister they eat dreams or something. That sounds like the Warner sister. Is that right? Like, kind of. They, they kinda. like, they like make, they, they make you hallucinate and then they like eat the hallucination or they just eat you while you're hallucinating. They, they, they give you, they like hook themselves into your brain thought patterns and how try to make your wildest fantasies come true. But always with a twist. They like they monkey paws it. Yeah. So it's like, and usually it ends up with you dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then the the Kevin is Kevin the one who lets them out, or is it the other? The, there's like another one at the very there's beginning. Like, there's like a there's a cold open, right? There's a cold open. Yeah. There's a cold open with like I've seen this one the, a lot, and it yeah. still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So there's a cold open where the new security guard at this place, like there's the old timer and then there's the kid and the kid is told, do whatever you do, don't go in that room. And he goes in that room and he opens the vault, which nobody keeps fucking locked because nobody knows how to use a lock in this place. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, then, you know, 
the the goblins get into his brain and and make him live out his fantasy of being a rock star. Yeah, uh, and then he dies, right. and uh, the old guy somehow how him. does he how does he die? He falls being... off the stage. stage he falls off that's the imaginary right. stage. Yeah, uh, and then he's dead in the, the vault, and so the the old guy just like just locks him in the vault. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not paid enough for this. Fuck yeah, that. And, and so then they have a new young guy, Kevin. Kevin, um, who is now the new security guard there. And he has uh, got this job, and he is a bit more uh, pe- attentive. He's more willing yeah. to to not go where he's not supposed well, to. He's like a stick in the mud, and that's yeah. kind of his thing. Is like because yeah. because like his girlfriend. This is like there like the sexual t- politics in this movie are all over the fucking place. Yeah, because his girlfriend is like this like sweet virginal girl next door type. And her until best until she's not until she's not. Well, when yeah. the hobgoblins get her, um, well, even before then, but, but even yeah. before, yeah, it's just like because she's like always comparing him to. So her best friend, who's like you know the slut archetype, mm-hmm. it is dating this guy in the army, mm-hmm. and so like. If you want the names for them, I have them here, but they don't really. No, matter. it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. And they also have their 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 uh, their dork friend. Oh God, yeah, there is another friend, friend, isn't there? Yeah, his name is Kyle, um, and he's. Why he's does he have the cooler name than the main character? Kyle like, is not a cool name. It's <laughs> it's not okay. It's not a cool name. It is cool compared to Kevin. If you're gonna say, "All right, I've got these two characters, Kyle and Kevin. One is our like hero character, and the other is his dorky best friend," and then you which say one neither would you... of them? Neither of them. I'm just saying, if you if you had to use these stand-in names, uh-huh. if you had to use the names that the screenwriter wrote in the margins, find better names later. <laughs> you would make the main character Kyle and like his dorky friend Kevin, right? Like that just. Sorry to all the Kevins out there, but it is, it is like, it does feel like a dorkier name, right? There goes our Kevin audience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so they're all hanging out and uh, the, the Daphne, the, the sex crazed girlfriend. Isn't the army guy also named Nick? His name is Nick. Yeah. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Nick shows up. And Nick and Daphne just immediately start boning. Yeah, they just go bang in the van, which is honestly, like, as terrible as that movie is, that that part is legitimately funny, because everyone else is just, like, standing around trying to have a conversation, and the van, the van is just visibly shaking, shaking back and forth from the yeah. violent sex that is happening yeah. inside of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's happening. Uh, Kevin, or no, Kyle keeps making long distance phone calls for like a phone sexist. Oh God. Yeah. I yeah. forgot all about that part. Yeah. And, um, you know, sex work is work. And so yeah. it's a legit thing, but like he's doing it on his friend's phone line. So he's like, you know, running up the bill. A lot um, of this movie is shit just happens <laughs> and then it ends. Basically. Anyway. So, um, so it's like Amy, life that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Amy is like sort of jealous of Daphne and Nick and like wants uh, Kevin to fight Nick in like a sparring match with yes. Garden Rakes. Yeah, they do Garden Rakes. And it's and, yeah. and every time the Garden Rakes hit each other, there's like someone smashing on a Casio keyboard <laughs> on the soundtrack. Yeah, that... 
and it just goes back and forth for like a minute and a half. Uh, it looks like it looks like the worst choreographed fight scene from Star Trek: The Original Series. It looks like the Boste fighting that they had us do in like high school theater. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's crossover there. I would say that. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so, so that goes on and like introduces all the, the characters. Uh, and that's and about all the development that most of those characters get. Basically. It's like mix of violent sociopath. Uh, yeah. Daphne's a slut. Kevin's a dork. No, Kyle, Kyle's a dork. God damn it. Yeah. And <laughs> Amy is, uh, Amy is the, the, the Madonna. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Until she's not like there's 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 I guess development there technically huge air quotes. Uh, And then you get uh, later that night at the movie studio, a 1950s greaser shows up with a knife uh, to break into the movie studio. I forgot all about this. (laughs) Like this is what I mean. Like like I remember I remember the parts of this movie that I thought were funny. Of course, and I've seen it. Mm-hmm. probably a dozen times like this uh-huh. is what this is one of my favorite mystery science theater episodes i've seen it many many times over and yeah. so like i get like glimpses like there's there's the andy rooney shooting at the hobgoblins with his gun that mm-hmm. he has as a night watchman at a fucking oh, abandoned film studio for some reason well he bought the guns oh that's right yeah it is yeah. his personal gun like you didn't like gun. issue him a piece or anything mm-hmm. no um, um, like firing it at the hobgoblins who are driving away on like, the fucking golf cart. Golf cart, yeah. Um, anyway, so this this greaser breaks in to try to steal. I don't know ancient film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like that's why I don't remember it because it's like, what is the motivation of any yeah. of these characters? Yep. And so, in the process of trying to uh, stop him, uh, Kevin gets to fire this gun that uh, that the old guy gets to bring out um and anyway he fires the gun at the at the greaser scares them off and then they have to go find him uh and he's like well i think he may have run into the vault so i'm gonna go check the vault and the old guy's like no don't do that but like yelling into the the walkie-talkie as he sets the walkie-talkie on the floor mm-hmm. and walks away from it you know like a normal person in a normal situation yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would if you were a security guard, you would obviously set down the walkie-talkie and not hold it with you at all times. Right. Um Anyway, so he opens up the vault, he lets out the hobgoblins, and then the hobgoblins go to the most interesting place in town, which is apparently his friend's house. Um and hijinks ensue. Uh <laughs> they go try to get Kyle to go on a date with like a projection of the, the uh, phone sex worker uh, and then push him off a cliff. Uh, He is foiled in this. They try to uh, get Amy to be more sexual and go to club scum and strip there. And that gets spoiled event that gets uh, foiled eventually, not before Nick turns into Rambo like party city Rambo. Uh, and starts throwing grenades all over. Yeah, and like blows, blows himself up with the grenade, right? Quote unquote, blows himself. Up. Yeah, blows and then he shows up at a, the end. Blows himself into being on fire. Uh, <laughs> he lands on a frag grenade and is now on fire. That's that's how that works. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's just all a bunch of stuff that happens at Club Scum. Yeah. Like that's most of the movie. I forgot yeah. that I forgot that there was a scene at another location. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I'm like it's it's film studio. Mhm their house yeah film studio and then somehow they get to club scum and like <laughs> yeah they're also at like the like the lover's lane like you know we go here to neck and off uh off by the mountain here yeah i forgot about that part no. I, I i remember it now that you mentioned it because it's got the woman from like the phone sex line is yeah. like okay you stay here and close your eyes and i'll be right back and then it has her like lift up the bumper of the car and try to and push the car over the yeah, cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i remember that mm-hmm. but um go ahead oh it's just like it's just it's gremlins but without the budget or like the thought put into it or the mm-hmm. charm or like any of the things that makes gremlins a good movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh Yep, and it uh, it ends with the hobgoblins blown to pieces with a can grenade, um, and Nick lives so. somehow. Somehow, which is why I suspect that this whole thing is just a fantasy, uh, like like Kevin's dying fantasy, because he wanted to be the man, and he wanted he wanted Nick to be like shown up. Yeah, but, like he wanted him to be there to show him being like I I you lived so you can live long enough to see me being the man. I mean that I that I I see some some possibility of that. Mm-hmm. However, counterpoint, counterpoint: no one ever made a Hobgoblins two. I feel like if it, if they could do that, it was all just a dream ending. They would have made a second movie. There's a second movie. There is. It came out in 2009. You are shitting me! What? Yep, Hobgoblins two directed no. sequel to the 1980. 1980- Science fiction film Hobgoblins, written and directed no. by Rick Sloan. They got the Hobgoblin. original writer and director back for Hobgoblins yep. too. Yep. Man, he uh, must have been so busy. Re- released on DVD by Shout Factory on 2009. <gasps> oh my god, you were absolutely shitting me! Oh my god, there is a Hobgoblins too. <laughs> oh yep. my god, what the fuck? Okay, what's the what's the premise for this? Because if it's uh, not, if the sequel premise isn't that the whole movie was just a dream. Then I don't know if that's the case. Uh, uh, the film takes place after the original film where McCready, the old guy, has been locked into a he's psychiatric He's still alive? <laughs> after blowing up the film studio. I think he was wearing like old guy makeup. Because I... they have a flashback. They have a flashback to like the oh, 40s. Oh, yeah, that's When true. he's like young and he's like hip and he sees the hobgoblins land in a spaceship. They're aliens. They're aliens. The hobgoblins are aliens. So they're um, just critters. They're the critters. <laughs> they're shitty critters who in turn are shitty gremlins. Uh, anyway, so he's been locked in a psychiatric hospital after blowing up the film studio at the end of Hobgoblins. Uh, Kevin and his friends are now in college. What? It's been thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is made to look uh, identical to the original film using the same thirty-five millimeter. And composite effects with lookalike actors. Oh my god! Um, okay, so uh, it was, I'm imagining. Okay, so even though it came out like 30 years later, mm-hmm. or like like 20 years later, I guess I'm imagining that the the premise for this was written like Rick Sloan was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like these Gremlins <laughs> ripoff movies are hot shit right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make like five sequels to this thing, like. <laughs> And he wrote the second one, and then it just never got picked up. Like that's gotta be what it is. Might be, might be. But yeah, no, we we need to to find track this down and uh, watch this. Oh hell yeah! I mean, if if Shout Factory put it out, it's gotta be good. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least entertaining. 
Um, let's see if it, this was there a Blu-ray release. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking I'm looking for it now. All right, Amazon. What do you got for me? No, just DVD format, just and DVD. it looks like it's currently out of print. Ah. Oh, but you can get it. Holy shit! If you do have a copy of Hobgoblins Two on DVD, you could sell it for a cool one eighty nine ninety nine on Amazon right now. Oof. Um, or you could buy it on Prime Video. Uh. Five dollars to buy it for HD, so there's a thought. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Hobgoblins. It's free on Tubi. Oh, okay. Oh, they're the original. Yeah. Oh, Hobgoblins too. Is oh, Hobgoblins too. Okay. Yeah. All right. We might have to check that out then. Yeah. Do a Hobgoblins um, double feature. Yeah. Uh, and we can catch you up on on Hobgoblins. The Hobgoblins uh, lore. Uh, the, the, the rich world building of hobgoblins this sounds like such a fun activity don't you agree at least <laughs> i feel like this started off so fun <laughs> you know, like we were having such a good time and now it's it's lost a lot of its it's magic i'm just gonna i'm say sorry it. I just... i'm sorry Thank i mean you. i know when i when i start bringing up the topics it tends to to drop college drops off the cliff oh no <laughs> It's when Nick feeds into your topic. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, but there was something else that I saw that I wanted to talk about uh, okay. last week. Um, and that is I watched um, uh, Alexander Nevsky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The... the, the uh sergey eisenstein right yep sergey yeah. eisenstein it's his i think his first talking feature um so it's the first uh einstein film with sound and it is uh released in in 1938 so nick you you thought you would watch this but you hadn't uh, i thought i had yeah yeah had you seen this elise absolutely not absolutely not um so yeah, it's it's free on YouTube in like two different versions. With I, no, that's it's the same version, but there's like two people have uploaded the same film mm. you know, in two different places. Um, but yeah, so Alexander Nevsky is a historical drama about the historic prince of uh, Novgorod, Alexander Nevsky, uh, who. Uh, foiled a attempted invasion of Russia, or more specifically Novgorod, by the Teutonic Order of Knights. Um, and this was released right, like, in the build-up to World War II. Yeah. So there's, like, it's very obviously, like, the Russians have defeated the Germans before, and we will do it again if you fucks try. Um, and this was, like, before the... Um, the the molotov ribbentrop pact so like mm -hmm. the tensions were getting pretty high um and it's it's very interesting how he, they they take alexander nevsky who you know historically is like a he's like a, a noble like he's the son of he's a prince he's the son of a prince He's like not necessarily born as the Prince of Novgorod, but he's elected as the Prince of Novgorod. But he is eventually becoming like the prince of all these different places because um, Novgorod was like a weird merchant republic back in the day. Um, 
but still he's like a no- noble person and yet he's portrayed as a hero in a soviet film yeah and it's interesting how they do that they they've they proletarianize him uh they <laughs> like hold on when one you, second when you're, okay sorry Do there's there's a lot of noises coming from downstairs and we don't know what the hell that's about all right we are gonna pause the recording before yes we talk about please sorry all right so crisis averted um we're back i told Wait, benny we'd podcast. be done in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna be done in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> don't make me a liar in front of my bunny she also least... can't tell time so <laughs> yes she can she's very smart bunnies are very smart <laughs> Anyway. Uh, anyway, so okay, so they they try to they try to proletarianize Alexander Nevsky. Yeah. Um, and the way he is introduced, like the first time you see him, he is personally overseeing a fishing operation. Like him and a bunch of his friends are like setting up a weir over the river to like catch fish, and he's just like sitting there and standing there in the in the river, like helping out with that. And so he's like very much like, you know, working kind of working class vibes there for a prince. He's approached by the Mongol embassy that's coming through. And it's like, hey, you defeated the Swedes last year. Would you like to join us in our court and be a warlord? And he's like, no, I am going to stay in Russia. This is my fate here. And they're like, OK. Um, and uh, they're like, well, why don't you deal with the, the Mongols? And he's like, well, the Mongolians can be bought. The Teutonic Order of the Germans cannot. Uh, they will kill us all. And uh, sure enough, the Germans are threatening to kill them all. Um, there's uh, so like so like he's he is kind of done like that. They also uh, later on they show his um, his palace basically his like hall his mm-hmm. uh, like medieval you know hall, and it very much looks like a. F- fisherman's hut kind of like it's very <laughs> it's very modest i mean it's it's big it's long like there's definitely multiple people that live there but it's not like a palace yeah uh it's very kind of modest and and like it's portrayal of it um and he is like when there's like talk through in the city square of novgorod where like people are saying like we need to fight against the Germans and other people are like no we have treaties with the Germans and mm. uh, <laughs> and the um, then like the city of uh, Novgorod like citizens are like oh well you're you're the merchants you just have the interest of the merchant class like they'll you can leave and you can sell your goods anytime but we the poor folk of Russia will suffer under the Germans uh, and it's like very much like placing it in like a a class conflict kind of scenario there uh and they're like no we need to call alexander nevsky to lead the army to fight against the germans and uh they eventually decide to do so uh there's uh, this kind of an odd subplot um there's these two like knights that are trying to compete for this woman that they just meet in the street like they they see her and they're like excuse me, which one of the two of us are you going to marry? And she's like, hey, what the fuck? Um, and she, they're like, no, you have to choose one of us. And she's like, I'll make my decision, you know, later, later. Uh, Does it end then, up being like a Soviet era version of like Goofus and Gallant? <laughs> uh, not exactly. I mean, there's the, definitely they have the two different personalities. One is a bit more like morose and melancholy. And the other one is a lot more like traditionally heroic. Um, and like, 
she she kind of puts off the question and then when the war were declared uh she's like okay whichever one of you is braver in battle that will be the one i marry um and so like they have this like back and forth during the war like trying to see who can outdo the other one um there's also this other woman that like immediately when war is declared she like goes to the armor dons armor and a sword and a helmet and just goes off into battle and nobody mentions it i don't think her name is mentioned but like maybe once at the end um but like she fights side by side by one of these knights and like the the more morose one uh and the the gallant one ends up getting like wounded like what appears to be fatally wounded during the battle the 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 famous uh battle on the ice ice. yeah yeah the lake lake should um and you know the the battle on the ice they win it's very like dramatic and uh there's like cast of thousands, you know, you get a whole uh, army regiment to, to play as your actors. You, you can do that. Um, but like the, uh, uh, eventually it ends up being that like the, the gallant one is, is wounded critically. And so the, uh, the morose one is like, well, uh, see I'm surviving, but he's the one that deserves her. So you need to to allow this marriage to happen and I'll go with the one that's actually fought in battle alongside. And so like they both hook up with somebody, but it, it's, it's a weird kind of like a weird ending. Like I did not expect it. I expected the, the morose one to die in battle and the gallant one to be like, you know, the hero of the day, mm-hmm. but no, they both, they both survive and they both uh, have an ending, so to speak. Um, they also have at the end uh, kind of like a deci- decision about the, the captives um, where like the, the Germans were seen earlier to have basically burnt Piskov to the ground and like killed all its civilians. Uh, and so like the, the city of Novgorod is like thirsting for blood. Uh, and Nevsky is like, well, we're going to free all the foot soldiers because they don't really uh, do anything. You know, they just do they're in what they're told. Um and the knights were going to uh, ra- you know, ransom off, you know, which makes sense. Like you do. Like you do. Uh, and then the leaders, I'm going to give to you, the people, to decide what to do. And they, like, tear them to shreds. <laughs> like like the, the, the bishop and, like, the, the grand leader, like, the, the, the leader of the, the order of knights or whatever. Like, they, they, they string them up on, the, on a, you know, pillory and they, like, start tearing them to pieces. Uh, but yeah, so, so it's, it's an interesting film and it still has a lot of the like tableaus that you see in the earlier Einstein films. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's still there. And so the there's still Soviet a lot of, montage. Like, yeah. There's still a lot of, uh, visual storytelling, despite the fact that there is in fact speaking lines in it. Um, there's also a lot of music, like a yeah. lot of like folk music that gets sung over scenes. Um, and I guess music that was written for the film score, you know, score film, but it's like all lyrics. Um, it's a very fascinating, interesting film. I think I thought I had seen it because I, um, I heard about it when I was getting really interested in the crusades Mm -hmm. and there's only, but so many movies that are set in the crusades that are actually (laughs) like worth a damn. Right. Um, Right. And I think I read about it and was like, oh, that sounds really good. I should track that down sometime. 
and I never actually watched it. And but I knew it was an Eisenstein movie, so I just assumed that it was a silent film because I had mm-hmm. seen Battleship Potemkin, mm-hmm. um, which I had also seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think like there's like another one called like The Strike or something like that that he directed. Um, that's also uh, yeah. a silent film. Yeah, yeah. there's Strike, and there's yeah. also uh, October Ten Days That Shook the World. Yes, I have not seen that one. That one is that one is based off of uh, the what is it? Reed. Um, yeah, John Reed. John Reed's uh, book. Yeah, which I've read. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. No, that's a. I that is one that I should check out at some point. I've been interested in it for a while. I've just never actually tracked it down. Uh. We watched some movies. Which one? Uh, movies. 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 Which um, one do we want to talk about first? I don't remember what we watched. We watched the Evangelion. We watched the first two Evangelion rebuilds, and we watched Luca. <gasps> Luca. Luca was very nice. So we watched Luca, which is like the newest Disney Pixar film. Uh, but this one is not about an inanimate object, mm-hmm. but rather about a sentient sea monster who mm. lives in the Italian Riviera. This fucking sea monster is living my dream, and it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> but, like... Homeless in this small indie, uh, like uh, Italian fishing village? Yeah, that sounds really fucking nice. Okay. And they all come together at the end. <laughs> and he gets a fucking Vespa. Where's my Vespa, Nicholas? And a lot of pasta. <laughs> So, like, I don't know. I don't know if I just, like, I had had a stressful week at work. But I was, we were watching this movie with a group of friends of ours. And I was just, like, the only One thing th- this movie better be about is about these two sea monster kids getting that damn Vespa. And if it's about <laughs> anything else, if it's about friendship or the power of love or overcoming loss, I am out. Like, they better get the fucking Vespa. In fairness, it was largely about them getting the Vespa. I was 90% of it was about them getting the Vespa. And I was like, that's it. That's all I want. I do not need a heartwarming tale about why friendship matters. (laughs) I just need two boys, two sea monsters, getting into a bicycle race to win a Vespa. That's the only thing I want it to be about. I don't need the bicycle race to be a metaphor. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't need this to mean anything else. I just need it to be. You don't want the two a, male leads to be in a romantic relationship with no, each other? No, just oh. with the best friend. I mean, they kind of were. <laughs> so it was like weirdly. I don't know if it's queer baiting if they're children. Um, That seems weird. But it's like. I don't know. Is it straight baiting if they're children? I just, I don't like it. Listen, I mm-hmm. I am a bisexual lady, mm-hmm. pansexual if you're nasty. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I always get like weirded out when like things in children's media, if they ever progress beyond just like, oh, you like you. And that's kind of what Luca did. But it's <laughs> like, I just... I don't, I don't like watching like sexy high school teens getting each other pregnant. I don't like, like I just, it doesn't matter if they're straight. Yeah. It does not matter if they're queer. I just don't want to watch minors having sexual feelings. There there can be like, I feel like 
what the way you feel about it and the way that I usually feel about it too is it's like there can be romantic content in children's media that's not weird but it's weird if it is the children who are the focus of the romance right does that make sense i guess yeah. and yeah. it's like and it's one of those things where it's like it it, it just it just it just bothers me mm-hmm. it, it bothers me with the streets yeah and it it is like I don't know. We were just kind of talking about after the movie went off that the filmic language, like while it was just kind of like, it's, it's two boys who are both secretly sea monsters mm-hmm. and their, their friend who's a girl. And the three of them are trying to win this uh, like triathlon for kids mm-hmm. um, to get a Vespa to get a Vespa. And you'd think with that particular arrangement, it would be, the two boys fighting over fighting the girl. Fighting over the girl. But it's really... The boys have romantic entanglements and the girl is just, like, over there doing her own thing. And, like, the boy... Like, well, it's... The, the filmic language of it really frames the it as... cinematic, yeah. The main character, Luca, and the girl, like, form a friendship, but there's, like, something stronger than that between Luca and the other sea monster guy. And it is just it's very noticeable. Like it's not like explicit text, but just like like, the framing of scenes is like the, the, the usage of film frames those characters as being in a romance, as being like the, the one is a jealous lover. Like Mm -hmm. when he goes and hangs out with the girl rather than just, I'm your friend and you're not spending time with me. It's I'm your boyfriend and you're not spending time with me. It's kind of the way the movie frames it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like I thought it was going to be about us and our thing like it is not like a love triangle between no. like the two boys and the girl like it is very much the two sea monsters and I mean at the end at the end they have to say can I spoil it for you like do you care sure. do you wish I, okay. I am not probably going to watch this spoilers for the end of Luca so they sell the fucking Vespa mm-hmm <laughs> they sell the fucking Vespa and they pay for the one for Luca to go to school with the human girl. Mm-hmm. And um and they pay for the things. And then the last scene is Luca like hanging out the side of the train and the train is disappearing as he's crying. And waving goodbye to his love interest. So, like, for me, that is very much, like, this is... That, I think, is, like, a very, like, okay, in case you didn't think they were queer, they're fucking queer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, honestly, to be fair, like, that is, like... And they're also, they're not very old children. Like, I think they're all about, like... 10 or 12 10 or 12 like they're not yeah according to according to wikipedia luca is 12 and alberto is 14 okay so yeah it's luca and albert alberto and they're yeah they're 12 and 14 and that's really like for 12 and 14 year olds like that's about as much as i kind of want as far as them dating i don't know i just for me it's like a loss of like i don't know i just think a lot of I think too much, too much children's media, especially media um, aimed at like teenagers, 
mm-hmm. between the ages of like 10 and 13 is overemphasizes romance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's an aspect of your life, but that is not all there is. And I like it when queer narratives are framed at least when they're kind of geared towards tweens. And I like the like kids holding hands and doing kisses on the cheek, I think is fine, but I don't I don't know why like it just bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like and that's not just like for queer versus straight narrative. Like it really upsets me when like 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 boys and girls and like that's like the only like narrative boys and girls ever get together is about romance and it's never about like even like the fucking magic school bus Mm -hmm. okay where like you're getting shrunk to the size of a pill and getting pooped out somebody's anus and you're just like (laughs) oh but what if he doesn't like like me like girl you have bigger problems going on you're about to get swallowed by the, the small intestine. Like, was <laughs> that a thing that happened in the magic school? Bus? I think I it do get pooped out the anus, but they definitely went inside a body one time. No, I don't, I don't, remember, that's once, not what I'm actually. talking about, Elise. I'm talking about the relationship. Oh, troubles. no, no, no. Like, there was the redhead boy Arnold. Yeah. And the Asian girl. That was a romantic, like, there was a lot of romantic pairing between them. Was there? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, she, she was very, all. like, she was very um like aggressively going after him and like and you see it in Arthur between Arthur and um what's his what's her name yeah. the girl the other uh, Francine you see it between Arthur and Francine mm-hmm. like it's it's really and it's just like yeah like i don't know I don't know. Maybe I'm like overly sensitive to this kind of thing, but it's because yeah, I I watched a fuck ton of Magic School Bus when I was a kid. And I don't remember any like it's romantic really subplot. The Christmas special. Okay, well I didn't watch the Christmas. Special. <laughs> I was gonna say there's uh, really... a reason why I didn't watch the Christmas special. But, it's okay. really prominently featured in the Christmas special. Okay. Um, it's like prominently featured in the Christmas special, but yeah, like between Arthur and Francine. Um, there's like a lot of romantic feel are like Muffy and Buster. There's also like, I don't know. It's just obviously, hey, Arnold, you have Helga, like the character of Helga. You also have Arnold and all of his romantic entanglements. And it's like, you're fucking nine. Like, you are nine. You know? Like, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what to argue with me. Uh, Peanuts. You have it in the Peanuts. Like, literally, like, we can go fucking on and on and on. And people think it's just, like, Disney movies and princess movies that have these kinds of narratives geared towards children. And it's like, yeah, they do. But, like, it's literally... fucking everything like you want to talk Mm -hmm. about like the straights indoctrinating yeah (laughs) which is like the nice thing about like queer narratives or at least like narratives that use cinematic language in the kind of queer baby way that luca does but i don't know if i would say it's queer baiting because it feels almost text there at the end yeah um and it's like those those kinds of narratives are nice because at least they're pushing back against 
like the indoctrination of heterosexuality on our children but it's also like you know we could just not <laughs> you know or i like the idea like i like how a lot of nordic countries do it where they start to frame um conversations around consent and this is why i'm like working it out as i'm talking out loud this is why it bothers me um mm-hmm. is because of the fact that i was raised in a very strict catholic household i was raised, you know so there's like i have a lot of baggage when it comes to like sex and relationships and one of the things that christian culture does really well is it kind of it's a lot of bait and switch like where you're baited with romance and then you're taught like don't have sex don't touch other people don't do this don't do that you will get aids you will die if you don't get aids you will pass down i was literally told that i would if i had sex before marriage my children would inherit my stds wow so like whereas like oh it's fine if we talk about like romance Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the fucking time and indoctrinate children into that but like we can't talk about like consent and like you don't have to hug your your like creepy uncle if he gives you the vibes like you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like it's just if he gives off bad vibes like and that's like where a lot of nordic countries i think do really well as they frame the the topic of consent in very neutral terms so that way by the time that children start naturally having romantic feelings they feel empowered to set boundaries with romantic partners Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that really bothers me about a lot of children's media is like they do a lot with romance they do a lot with those feelings but they also don't talk about the realities of like setting appropriate boundaries with your partners or like accepting that somebody doesn't necessarily love you back like you know like browbeating your your love interest into dating you is like a frequent comedic trope in a lot of children's media Hmm. and so that's one of those things where I'm like it always it just always makes me feel uneasy no matter what the sexual pairing is right and I think at least to be fair with like the browbeating someone into dating someone, I think that's way on. That's a, that's on the outs these days. Yeah. In yeah. terms of like modern media, like that was definitely a thing uh, until like relatively recently, yeah. but like anything in the last five years, I think that's harder and harder to see as like a positive. Um, so definitely something uh, there, but yeah. So we also started watching the Evangelion rebuilds. So something that's that's going to require less explanation and like oh my God. upset feelings. Um, I've been enjoying them. I'm, I, I think we we should probably wait until we finished watching all four of them because we're only about halfway through. Watch the first two. Um, and then there are two. Tell- oh, go. go. Ahead. Uh, there's two more. One just came out. Um, and I really want to watch them before I get spoiled too much, uh, on what happens. I've seen some things and I think I have a pretty good idea of how it ends, but, uh, yeah, no, we started watching the, the, we watched the first two, which. So what, what are these things? Like, are there movies? Yes. Okay. So, uh, Studio Gainax who did Evangelion back in 1995. Like Evangelion was like the biggest thing in the world in 1995, but it also right. cost like all the money that Gainax had. 
mm-hmm. and they went out of business like not terribly long afterwards. Right. Um, but then uh, Hidetaki, uh, Hideaki Anno, who's the creator of Evangelion, started another uh, anime studio in like the late aughts uh, and was like, you know, it'd be a good idea to go back and revisit Evangelion because there was some stuff that I kind of like want to go do with that again. So the first one is basically just a straight retelling of Evangelion from like the start of it up through like episode like six or seven. Mm-hmm. So it's like the first three angel attacks basically. Um, but there's like little, little subtle differences to show, to let you know that it's not the same story. Yeah. You, you mentioned that. I think that's the one that you watched. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We yeah, watched the first one before. Got it. Yeah. Um, so like, it's things like the seas are red yeah. at the beginning mm-hmm. when they're not until the very end of the original series. Um, and there's, uh, when Shinji first agrees to get into unit one, it's after Ray is hurt, but in the original series, unit one, like also protects him from some falling rubble. And it doesn't do that in this one. So it's like, okay, it's not exactly the same. Then you get to um, the second one, which is we watched for the first time. I hadn't seen that one before. Um, and it's a little bit, and it goes way off the rails. Um, so one of the other like little subtle differences between the rebuilds and the original is the number, like the angels are given numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original series starts with the third angel and the rebuild starts with the fourth angel, but it's the same character. Mm-hmm. Um and then you see the third angel at the beginning of 2.22, like the new one, and it's fighting this other character who we haven't seen before, who's also an Ava pilot, um, who seems to have her own kind of hidden agenda about what's going on. And she kind of pops in and out throughout the story. But again, it's like a lot of it is pretty similar to the original series, mm-hmm. but like Asuka has a different name. Um and like slightly different personality. Asuka in the original series fucking hated dolls. And in this one, she has a doll that she carries around with her everywhere and talks to. Like, so it is like very, very uh, gradually shifting away until the end of the second movie. Where, which, spoiler alert for the, the second one, even though the fourth one just came out. Um at the end of the second movie, Shinji just accelerates the, the happen like the, uh, the start of the third impact, um, to save, uh, to save Asuka or no, rather to save Ray because like Asuka gets hurt, um, like seriously badly. Mm-hmm. And then Ray ends up having to do something that she didn't have to do in the original series, which leads to third impact happening even sooner. Um, and that's kind of where, what the movie ends with, with the great line of it's the third impact. It's the end of the world credits. (laughs) Um, 
And then there was a few years until the next one came out. So I'm really excited to see what happens with the next one. Cause it's like, all right, now we're going to be in completely uncharted territory for this series. Like, what is it going to mean that the thing that happened to Oscar in the second movie happened to Oscar? Cause that's not something that happened in the original series, like at all. What's it mean that third impact happens here instead of all the way at the end? Um, What's it mean that uh, Kaoru also has an Ava? Like, he has his own Ava on the moon? Like, what the fuck's that about? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Why does, why does Kaoru know who everyone is, even when he first wakes up? Like, it's weird. It's weird stuff. I like it. I can see. Oh. So, so you watched, you watched this film. Mm-hmm. With Elise? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elise has nothing Elise? to say about it. Uh, my girl Asuka was in it. Mm-hmm. That's she... it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what did you think about the changes to Asuka's character? She's not that much of a bitch. Yeah. She's... I mean, she's a bitch, but she's not... She's a boss bitch, not a bitch bitch. Mm. They made her too much of a bitch bitch. In the first one? Wait, in the original or in the rebuild? In the rebuilds! Really? Because I feel like she's way less of a bitch in the no, rebuilds. Oh, I think she's more. No, because she does that thing. Um, like, the whole reason why what happens to her at the end happens to her is because she's trying to make up with, with Shinji and Rei. Like, that's the whole reason why that happens. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I have no thoughts. Head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> I feel like I, I wasted all my thoughts on that that dumb rant about like children's media, so now I have nothing left to say. That's fair enough. And like like I said, we'd probably have we'll have more to say about this after we finish watching yeah. the last one. Because like the next two are like completely uncharted territory in terms of Evangelion. Like the first two movies are like, all right, this is kind of familiar. Wait, no, now it's a little bit different. Wait, no, now it's way different. I did like the epi- I did like the episode. I did like the part where they went to the aquarium. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, and I like that the guy gets a happy ending with his sister. Yeah, that's um, that's really nice. Because in the show, he gets really fucked over. In the show, he gets fucking murdered. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which guy? Who's this? Um, so one of Shinji's classmates, uh, in Evangelion, um like starts off hating Shinji because his little sister gets hurt uh, the first time unit one is activated. Um, And so he like blames Shinji for her being hurt. And then like they become friends. And then like towards the end of the series, they're like, Oh, well you're also an Ava pilot and they bring him in. And the first time he brings up his angel, um, the or he brings up his his Ava. The Ava turns out to actually be an angel in disguise, and they send Shinji to go fight him. But Shinji refuses to fight, so they turn on the the new what's called the dummy plug system, which makes the Avas fight independently of what the pilots want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Shinji just has to watch as his Ava just fucking murders his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this in this series, the same thing happens, except that kid goes away to see his sister in the hospital before he can be recruited. Uh, and so 
his, what would have been his Evangelion gets pilots piloted by Asuka instead. Um, which is what changes the ending of the second one because he in the original he doesn't I, if I think what happens is that he doesn't know who the pilot is but he knows that the pilot is still inside so he like doesn't really give it his all at the fight until the dummy plug comes on in the other one he's in the in the rebuild he knows that it's Asuka like Asuka talks about doing the activation test on the new Evangelion and then uh and so he sees that she's still in the suit. He knows that it's her and just fucking refuses to fight at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I know she's in the third and fourth movies. So it's like, I'm not quite, it's very unclear what happens to her. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see where that goes too. Anyway. But yeah, no, we, we see him, with his sister. And it's like, oh God, he could have the ending. Oh, thank Jesus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, cause it is weird. Cause the rebuilds are generally like way happier. And then it got to that part where it's like, oh wait, no, Oscar's getting into his now. Oh God, this is worse. This is so much worse. Yeah. Oh goodness. <sighs> All right. All right. So there is more stuff that I have done. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Since last time we were going to record. Do we have time to talk about it now, or do we want to put it off? It's a game that I've been playing, and I'm not finished with it yet. Okay. I've gotten far enough to have thoughts. Do we want to hold off on that, or do you want me to bring my thoughts up now? We can talk a little bit about it. Okay. Um, Elise, what do you think? Well, or do I, t- you... I told the bunny I'd be down there. <laughs> I told the bunny I'd go downstairs. You told the bunny 40 minutes ago that you'd be down there 20 minutes. Yeah, and now yeah. she's like, ooh. We can wait. I mean, if you've got if you've got more of the game to play, well, we could at least like name drop the game. So like, okay. So the game is called Black Book. Uh, it's a game that I kickstarted, and I think I mentioned it on on the podcast, like when I kickstarted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a it is a card based RPG uh, set in like 19th century central Russia uh, up in the Urals. And it is about uh, you are Vasilisa, who's uh, was raised by a Koldun, which is like a uh, kind of like a, a witch, but like a, a knowledgeable like folk, you know, knower. They call them knowers. Okay. People that know like the about the the world beyond. Um so she was raised by a Kaladun and she's decided that she is going to become one to save uh her you know loved one who was dragged down who 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 died suddenly and mysteriously and was buried outside of the churchyard for reasons that haven't been revealed yet. So that means that he's going to hell. Uh unless she can bring him back from hell. Uh, and it, it's it's so she has to become a witch. She has to become a Kaldun to stop that, and kind of read the black book, which is the book that has all the spells in it. Uh, the gameplay is based around um, card based combat. So you have like a deck of cards that are randomly shuffled to you, and you play them uh, in certain orders to defeat enemies and such like that. Um, but there's also like tests of your knowledge that you have to pass. Hmm. Um, 
and so there's like an encyclopedia that has a whole like stories these these um oh god what are they called uh these different types of uh like folk stories about different monsters and different demons that were uh going about in uh russia at the time uh 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 yeah but by by Lachlicks, uh, which are like folk stories, folklores. Yeah. Um, and so it takes these folklores and it turns it into, spins it into a narrative about uh, trying to become a, a Khaldun. It's it's an interesting setting because it's not just like Russian folklore, like like Slavic Russian folklore. It's also mixed in with the Komi people and the other like Finno or Gratic peoples that lived in that area. And so it's a syncretic kind of place where there's all these different beliefs coming in. And it's early enough that like a lot of the old ways are still like revered, but it's new enough that like they've started to be recorded and the outside world is starting to encroach on the lands. Uh, one of the characters is a veteran of the Crimean War, and so he's seen some shit. But <laughs> these are demons, uh, and so like, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's like everything that I wanted to see in a game. I am seeing in this game, and I am very very much enjoying it. Um, so far, we've got the um, we've got the first seal open. There are seven seals to unlock in this book. Uh, the Slavic, the uh, Crimean War veteran is uh, w- went into this bathhouse on a dare and got himself cursed by uh, what we thought was a, uh, uh, what are they called? A, um, a bannock. Uh, a bannock is like a, a, a bathhouse thing, a, a creature that lives in the bathhouse and watches over it. Uh, and will eat you if you go in there after night or you don't put out the fire or if you don't cross yourself before you enter the threshold and all these different things you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, but um, but it turns out it's not a Bannock. It's actually a changeling. And she wants to marry him. And it's just like this whole, like, let's, let's bring everything under the sun uh, in terms of Slavic folklore. Um, and I am enjoying learning about it uh, more alongside her. But... Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely have more thoughts when I played more of the game. I'm I'm like most of the way through the first chapter. Uh, the the kind of chapters are based on the the stories of like you have a, a client that's come to your your little house, your izba, your 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 hovel, uh, and uh, you have to help them solve this problem. And so the the Crimean War veteran is the the first uh, one of those people. Okay. So if, if does that sound like a game that anybody other than Alex might be interested in? I don't know. But Alex <laughs> sure is interested. In I know. I think that sounds neat. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so is there anything else you want to talk about, or is it just bunny time? I think it might be bunny time. Okay. But the bunny needs me. She's very depressed. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I think that that's going to be it for us for this week. Uh, So until the next time that the bunny is not depressed, (laughs) I'm I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And I'm Alex. And we've been some nerds of a podcast. You all have a wonderful night. Good night. Good night.